Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Kasani Chishimba, and this is the Urbane Sports Report brought to you by Rags to Rafters, Underdog Roots Transcendent Legacy. So let's get right to the topic. Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers specifically. So just to do a quick re- rewind, we know all about the entire Ben Simmons situation, the whole Ben Simmons saga, right? We've talked about it we've heard about it it's on national media almost like every week right all the different chapters and at this point we're at the point of the book where like chapters 3 through 13 are all the same thing no progress no progress no progress so on and so forth so specifically what I wanted to talk about today is do you agree with Dara Mori? Now, full disclosure, in um, all of my group chats that talk Sixers, this has been like a big topic about like the ideology of Daryl Morey. So Daryl Morey, let me just start off by saying this. I agree with Daryl Morey. I stand with Daryl Morey. And this, when it comes to sports, I, I really want to talk about this. When it comes to sports and things that happen, whether it's like on the court or whether it's like in free agency, like building a team, you know, front office type of things. I think that sometimes we have the idea that something has to be like the end goal, not the end goal, but the end product is what justifies the means to get there. But when you're at this particular juncture, you have to take a stand on what your approach is. What is your ideology? Even if it works out or not, it's kind of like a coach, right? You could have run the right play. But if it gets blown up or if it's not executed, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was the wrong place. Someone just could have done the wrong thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong call. Does that make sense? So to bring that back to the whole Daryl Morey thing, I'm not necessarily saying that 100 percent it will work. But I do agree that with a blank slate in front of us, with a blank canvas in front of us, that I agree with his ideology of waiting. And there's essentially two schools of thought when it comes to this entire situation. You have the situation where you have the, you know, the group of people who are going to say, trade Ben now, get whatever you can for him. Joel Embiid is having an MVP level season. You don't want to waste the season. We've heard that. You don't want to waste Joel's season. Trade what you can get for him now. Get uh, Halliburton and Harrison Barnes or get uh, Sabonis or or like whatever, whatever, right? Just get whatever that you can. And then there's the Daryl Morey ideology of it, of we have a guy who was a valuable player in this league, right? And I'm not going to trade him for three or four guys, I want to do a deal where we are getting back an impact player, period. A guy who moves the needle. And I will wait into the offseason if I have to, to get that deal. And simply put, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Daryl Morey on that. I am 100% with Daryl Morey when it comes to that. And my reasoning is this. When Daryl Morey talks about this, if, if you've heard him in any interviews, you know, press conferences, what have you, he talks about this thing called championship probability, right? 
and talking about like the percentage that you have to win a championship based off of your roster construction. I don't believe in the idea of just trading Ben to get a couple guys that in my estimation, I feel make you marginally better. Right. And yeah, they could, they, they're going to help you. You will be a better team, but I think the Sixers right now, I think we could probably say at this particular point, we are probably at best a second round exit, right? I think most people would agree with that. Like if things, if guys underperformed first round and if things went great second round, like, and we could, you know, really contend depending on what the matchup is, depending on um, who guys have injuries, things of that nature. But I think the consensus would agree that the team as constructed is like a second round ceiling, right? Can we agree on that? My thing is, if you pick up three, four random guys, whoever they are, does that bridge your gap between the second round and the championship? And does it even get you to the finals? Like, like does Halliburton and... De'Aaron Fox, well, six don't even want De'Aaron Fox, uh, likely because you know you have Maxi. That's redundant, right? But I'm just saying, like these 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 pieces that you're hearing of, do you think they really get you to the finals? Do you think so? I don't think so. Like to me, I feel like the Sixers need that talent and like the, that star talent, and I like it's we don't know what's going to come of it, but. Right now, the, the league has been in a very weird space, right? With COVID going on, I feel like that's actually slowed things down as far as player movement and also front office engagement. I think it's slowed it down because a lot of times GMs and front offices, they front, they fall in love with their roster during the offseason. And then as the season starts and progresses, they start to see what the team really is, how players are actually performing, and how they want to pivot from those moves from the previous offseason. With COVID going on and the league being ravaged by it, I think that it's kind of slowed down that evaluation process that front offices generally go through, right? So I think that could kind of trickle into the trade deadline where you're going to have, you know, front offices and GMs and even ownership groups that might want to see a little bit more before they pull the trigger on any major moves. And another thing, too, that, you know, um, I guess gives me a level of comfort, if you will, in waiting until the all season to make a move is that. My belief is that championship teams are built in the offseason. And when I say championship teams are built in the offseason, I mean like championship cores are made in the offseason. You might have like a, a move here or there, like case in point is uh, last year when Milwaukee gets P.J. Tucker. Um, was it through a buyer? I believe it was through a buyer. But nonetheless, they acquired P.J. Tucker and they went on to win a championship. But when you look at the league perennially the biggest move that was made during during a season that won a team a championship that i could think of is the 2004 pistons 
when they acquired Rashid Wallace during the season. Now, I might be missing something, but I'm pretty sure if you look at the NBA for the past 20, 25 years, that it's rare, extremely rare, that a team makes a midseason trade and that catapults them to a championship. I'm specifically talking about core players. And the reason why I bring that up is because that is what the Sixers are looking for. This isn't like the situation from a year or two ago when we had our, you know, what was our core in um, Joel and Ben and Tobias or, you know, even with Jimmy, whatever. And we're trying to find the supplementary pieces to go around them. No, we're looking for a core player. And history shows those guys, like, it shows that if you're trying to build a championship team, you already had a championship team entering the season. You might have had to make a couple minor tweaks, but you had it already. So I guess that's why when I look at it, I don't feel as though when the whole Ben Simmons saga started, you know, and there was no moving in the offseason, I chalked it up that the Sixers were going to win the championship. I'm Look, we now the wild card is, you have COVID, right? The wild card is you have COVID. And we have no idea how that's going to play out. To address that, I mean, looking at how things are kind of going um, in the world and in this country and in professional sports leagues, it looks like testing is going to get lower and lower and lower. Um, so I don't know how much COVID will actually affect um, the postseason. So to kind of wrap it up on why I stand where I stand and why I agree with Maury is I think the Sixers are not in a position to win a championship. I don't think that any move that they make um, that's on the table as of now that we've heard of um, or even think is available. I, I don't think that any of those moves make a difference, you know, and it's like playing cards, right? You, I feel like I want to play my big card when the, when the other big cards are played. Now, we could talk about where is Ben Simmons' value? Where is Ben Simmons' value? My thing is this. The value of a player adjusts because it takes two to tango. So, for instance, let's say, let's just throw out a guy like um, Jalen Brown, right? Let's just use Jalen Brown for for example. Now, Let's say if Boston was interested in trading Jalen Brown, like they were really like, okay, uh, Celtics get eliminated in the first round. Like, okay, let's like really start looking. Now, if a team like the Celtics is looking and they're looking at the market, do you think that they're going to want, you know, four quarters for a dollar? Like I would rather have a guy like Ben Simmons in that scenario when a team is looking to make a deal. That's just me. Because they're not going to want Halliburton or this guy or that guy. I know I keep saying Halliburton. That's because, you know, that report came out this week about the Sacramento trade. But you want a big piece because a team like Boston, who has a big piece in Jalen Brown, is going to want another impact player. And we can say all that we want about Ben Simmons and the last time we saw him. But... Ben Simmons, I still believe, is a big piece in this league. He is still an impact player in this in this league. And I believe that smart GMs will also think that. I, I really do believe it. Um, 
and I think that as those movements start to happen towards, you know, during the playoffs and, and going into the offseason when front offices are evaluating their team, I just don't believe in playing your card now for something that's not going to win you a championship. It, it's just that simple to me. Like, why would I trade Ben Simmons now when all the big chips are going to be available or at least possibly on the table in June? When the when the deal that I can make now isn't going to win me a championship. Because I don't I don't believe it will. I mean, like, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough because you got the Nets are shaky. Milwaukee to to, to me, Milwaukee's solid. Milwaukee is as rock solid as a sports team, as an NBA team could be. Miami is like, mm, it's like, I don't know. I just I feel like role players are like a dime a dozen. You can always get a you can always get some of those guys. You like they they will always be there. But if Zach Levine is entering free agency, right? If things aren't working out so great in Boston, if James Harden is looking for a change of scenery, if Bradley Beal wants to test free agency for the first time in his career, why would I want to take, you know, my drawing out of the head? Why would I want to remove myself from that conversation just to be a little bit better? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you guys tell me what you guys think. Where do you stand? Are you a person who believes that the Sixers should just make whatever trade now and get it over with and go from there? Or do you want to wait into the offseason or however long it takes in theory? I'm I'm assuming that the deal gets done in the offseason, right? So I'm posing the question as, are you comfortable waiting until the offseason to do a move? Or do you think that by any means necessary, you just take whatever the best deal is now, regardless, and you wash your hands of it? Tell me what you think. Peace. This has been the Urbane Sports Report Podcast, powered by Rags to Rafters. Underdog roots, transcendent legacy. Check us out at ragstorafters.com.